You are now tuned in to episode 78 of the Midwest Angler Podcast, brought to you by me and Matt. Me and Matt, that's who it's brought to you by. <laughs> that's right. You were wondering what I was going to say there, I was wait, you? You, had to, you had me on the edge of my seat. I thought maybe you were like going to go into like a smooth jazz type opening and be like... Well, I was going to, but... Like, this is episode 78 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman with Matt Deitch. I don't. I don't have a good radio voice. No, you got a radio face, but not a radio voice. <laughs> oh, man, I'm about to give you a radio face, you freaking... <laughs> All right, speaking of speaking of stuff, uh, well, A, A, the wind finally settled down. Yeah, it did We got some down. rain. We did, not as much as they did north of us, but yep. we got some rain. Yep, no, uh, after many, many days of 90 plus degrees and uh, winds in the 20s, we finally are down to... Uh, some more bearable temperatures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People can get out there and enjoy it a little bit more. You're not going to get knocked around in the boat. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Matt, I got, I'm going to start off here. Have you ever been ding-dong ditching? Oh, yeah. When we were younger, we used to do that. Up in Ellsworth? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, that's we always did. Really? Yeah. Well, I had some ding-dong ditchers in my neighborhood this past that's week. That's what I heard. So the other night... Uh, what night would that have been? Had to be, I don't know. I don't know. Monday or Monday or Tuesday night of this week. Uh, I get into bed and I don't know how long I had been in bed a while. And all of a sudden I heard a door slam outside of my house. And so I get up or I, I open my eyes, you know, and I'm kind of awake and I'm staring out the window and I can tell that somebody's running in front of some headlights that are facing towards my house and i'm like what in the heck do we got going on here so i spring out of bed and i go over there to a window and uh i can see this car kind of cruising down my block really nice and slow so i'm thinking you know i've got my boat in the garage and my pickup is parked outside right i'm thinking somebody's trying to jack into my truck and aside from a set of coast to sunglasses i've got nothing of value <laughs> in there so take what you want just leave my sunglasses but uh so I'm, I'm deciding I'm going to sneak around the back of my house and I'm going to, I'm going to find these chumps. So as I'm going around, I see some speed demon take off from my neighbor, Jeremy Kay's house and go running off to the car. But in the meantime, I can see what kind of car it is. I can, you know, see everything. So I walk back into my house and I put on a sweatshirt and I'm like, I'm going to go cruise around town and I'm going to see, you know, see if you can find where out this, what's going on, where this little Jeep is. And Jeremy's lights turn on and, uh, you know, whatever. So I texted him and I said, hey, you awake? Never get a text back. So I hop in my truck and I take off on down the road and only had to get about two blocks. And here I see this little red Jeep with some lights on and, and a bunch of high school kids. So they tried to dodge me and I kind of cut them off and got up next to them. And I said, what in the, were you doing in my neighborhood? And we weren't in your neighborhood. Yes, you were. And. So I kind of, kind of <laughs> read him the riot act and whatever. But God dang it, that was more fun than what I had had in a long stinking it time. Is, it is fun to get to be on that side of it now. You know, you always ran that risk of getting caught, and you usually would get caught when you did it. Right. And then you get your butt chewed, and then you'd be like, "All right, we're not going to do that anymore." So I never. I, ding, kinda, I, I didn't ding dong ditch. You didn't. Nope. I never smashed yeah, pumpkins. But, I never. But see, they ne they did it all wrong. I mean, why would you keep your lights on? Right. And why would you like drive right up to the house you're going to do it at? Why right. wouldn't you like be a ways away and Right. They weren't smart about it, you know. No. I I had some friends that were semi-professional ding-dong ditchers and yeah, oh, you, we you used had to, to 
we did that. We did. We used to make prank phone calls, everything like that. You know, that used to be our entertainment after school in Ellsworth. There wasn't much to do. So, well, now with cell phones, you can't really prank phone well, call no, anybody. I mean, no. they've got your number, and and that's the end of that. That's why when I watch that show, Crank Anchors, I kind of laugh a little bit because it's like, man, we were doing that way back when. I don't know Crank Anchors. Really? Oh yeah, they call up people and just have all kinds of BS funny. with them. Yeah, really. Um, we used to, yeah. We always used to run the streets in Ellsworth and do all kinds of crazy stuff. wasn't easy in the streets of Ellsworth. It wasn't. You know, you talk about smashing pumpkins. I mean, that's you looked forward to Halloween because people would always ask, tell us that they had pumpkins they wanted to get rid of. Just don't smash them out in front of their house. Just take them down in front of so-and-so's <laughs> house and smash them. So people would throw out tires and be like, we, we got some tires to get rid of. Go throw them somewhere. <laughs> throw. Oh. So we did all that crazy stuff. No, I didn't do that. I, uh. I don't know. I got my pumpkin smashed when I was a kid, and I remember how I felt, and so I never, ever did it. Never smashed the pumpkins. Nope. I had friends that were, were ding-dong ditchers, and, and they were good, and uh, I might have been around sometimes when when it happened, but I never did it. So I'm telling you, if it, I would have got worried, too. I don't like people what running around the around your house or anything like that that late at night because it only usually means one thing. And Right, right. Ding dong ditching is the least of, of what they could right. be doing. So we've had that before at our house, or not the house that we live in now, but the one we did before, about eleven thirty at night. All of a sudden, ding dong. Well, being like, teachers, you probably kind of got the right. crosshairs on you. You try to you try to hide where you live. You don't want everybody to know where it is because yeah, right, you never know what's going to happen. Right. No, next. Uh, I guess I would have liked to see you running outside after. No, 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 no. You no, threw no. on a sweatshirt, but hopefully you had more. Hopefully you had some shorts on. Or something. I had you shorts got, on for about the time. You get yeah. down there, you know. I could talk to the school tech guys and get that video of you in the. You should. You should. <laughs> school it, parking lot yelling at them. Yeah. No, you should because <laughs> I'd like to see it because they were kind of trying to swerve away from me, and I, I mean, my pickup. They I, can't drive as well as we can, so. Well, I'm just saying right now, like. You can run into my pickup. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Like I've already got the dents. I've already got the scratches. You are going to do nothing to me. This girl, 17 years old, it was a girl driving, and then she had four other guys in there, and, and she had a nice little new Jeep, and I don't, I don't think... Uh, See, we usually used to just do it to people that we knew that we could mess with a little bit. See, I don't know why the world they picked Jeremy Kay, and that's what kind of right. ticked me off more than anything, because well, yeah, he's, he's got, got a house full of kids, and, and yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we used to do crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Well, congrats, congrats to Kay DeGroat. Uh, she yes. won that Blackfish giveaway. That's uh, awesome. Yep. Uh, Kay, uh, from here in town, she actually works at the school uh, with Matt. and um, Recently retired. Recently retired. That's yeah, right. Her so husband kinda, works with me up at LVO. So, uh, kind of a nice little retirement gift for her. Yep. I think they go up by uh, Cass Lake in that area up there. They Portage go Lake. Portage Lake up by there that area every yep. year for weeks. So. Iowana Beach. Uh, yep. They're going to take off, I think, the second or third week of July. So yep. uh, Kay's going to have a brand new Blackfish hoodie to yeah. be sporting up there. Yeah. be a lot of jealous people at that yep. resort. Yep. No, that'll be awesome. So uh, yeah, thanks can, to Kay and thanks to everyone who entered. Uh, and thanks to Thane Jensen for yep, exactly. <laughs> helping us Thane. put that on. You bet. Speaking of putting stuff on, Matt, uh, last week I kind of mentioned a online fishing tournament where listeners could form a team of two and uh, square off against me and you. Right. So I've, uh, you know, I've kind of, I've, I've gotten some messages of people that are interested, 
And so, you know, me and you uh, talked a little bit earlier about what some of the options could be. And I think what we're going to go with is uh, uh, two bass, two walleye, and two bluegills. Um, you'll have to have a bump board of some sort that you can measure your fish on. And what we'll do is uh, we'll give you a week. And I think we're looking at the week of July 6th through 12th. And what you do is you can go any night of the week, whatever. And I don't know, should we have them upload it to Facebook? Uh, we'll see what we're going to do with that. Yeah, we're still working on the fine details, but we'll probably load it up to Facebook. Yep, we'll load it to Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, you can either uh, send send me a text with the pictures and uh, I'll upload th that stuff to Facebook, whatever. But July 6th through 12th, two bass, two walleye, two bluegill. And uh, we'll take the combined score in inches and, uh, you know, yeah, crown a winner. Um, I have got some interest from a guy down in Missouri who doesn't have walleye down there. So he's obviously at an extreme disadvantage right off the bat. But I think what we'll do is we'll give a prize for uh, each category in there, the bass category, the yep. walleye category, the bluegill category. And then we'll give one big prize to the overall winner. So... So he can still participate because he doesn't have walleye, and uh, yeah. there's got to be somewhere down there. He said he said that there was, but he said it's a drive. It's like an hour and forty five minute drive, and and who knows? Maybe he'll go and uh, give that a shot. Right? Maybe he'll come up here. Yeah, maybe maybe that get out there and get after him. Yep, you got a whole week to do it. So uh, mark your calendars, July sixth through twelfth, the uh, Midwest Angler podcast online tournament we're, we're gonna come up with a cool name i don't know right what it are. is i don't know what it is yet but we're gonna fish do a palooza or something fish like a palooza that'd be cool i think that people have used that one before so yeah i don't know i think uh you know if uh cody magnuson and jim gerard up there uh right up north maybe the cox boys they can form a whole slew of teams out well, there the cox boys <laughs> yep get no them doubt. off the ranch and do some fishing that's right get those boys out there yep Get rid of that cowboy boot tan line. <laughs> Short shorts and cowboy boots, yeah. They, <laughs> That's how I'm showing up in Nebraska. Their, their knees are really tan, but <laughs> not much below and not much higher. Uh, no, it's, it's something fun to do. Uh, there's a lot of virtual tournaments that have kind of come about recently, you know, since there's a lot of restrictions for regular tournaments, and it's just something fun everybody can do. You don't have to – if it's a week-long deal, there's no pressure. You if one day doesn't look good for weather or you're busy with it, you go with the other day that you right. can. And, and I think that this is something that we need to turn around and go ahead and do in the winter too. Yep. And we'll do it every year. Obviously, July 6th through uh, 6 through 12 is not the most ideal time to be uh, fishing, but it'll be all right. Maybe next year we'll move it, you know, sometime to the beginning of June or something like that. But uh, we're just rolling with the punches right now and... Uh, Oh, there's good fishing to be had in July. There is? Yeah. Just got to know how to catch them. I don't know how to catch them. Lucky I'm on your team. Uh, yeah. Oh, just wait a minute. We're teammates on this thing? Oh, man. No, I just kidding. I'm going to scissor kick you. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and catch all the bluegills and bass, and I'll leave you to the junk fish. Now, when you say panfish, does that mean bluegills crappies what does that mean i think because, just because because that's that there's strategy involved with that then then we're not gonna waste our time with bluegills if we're trying to get big panfish 
No, I think we're going to go bluegills. Bluegill division? Bluegills. Earlier in the year, then we could have gone with some crappies, but... All right. Uh, I, I mean, I guess we could go panfish pan fish and full and whatever, but yeah, whoever uh, catches that 15, 16-inch crappie, I don't know. I don't... Matt... Why I'm do you got to throw you. a freaking wrench in everything? That's just what I do. You That's drip. the only way I know how to use a wrench is by just throwing a wrench in yeah. stuff. <laughs> I ain't wrenching on nothing. <laughs> no. Matt, state record yellow bass. Yeah, they thought they had it caught over at the Iowa Great Lakes, but... Tell me about it. Didn't happen. They brought it into cables. I can't remember which... John Campbell. John Campbell was guide, had a guide trip out there, and they thought they had caught a 16-inch yellow bass, which is an absolute <laughs> monster. I think... 10 I think, inches is a master angler. So. Right. And, you and know, they're catching there's them 11 and 12s, and even 13s, closer to 13. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like what the state record is. And so they brought this one in, and then they called up the DNR person over there. What is it? Mike Hawkins. And he came in, and started looking at it and figured out it was not a yellow bass it was a hybrid of a yellow bass and white bass so that was pretty interesting because i mean it makes you start to kind of wonder right i think that they actually had to like uh take the dorsal fin and the i don't know the anal fin or whatever and kind of spread them out and it depended on how many uh uh What's the word I'm looking for? Here? I don't know. I can't look at you in a straight face right there when you're making those descriptions of the fins and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> God, you're a freaking idiot. The spines, the spines. I know on what the you're fins. talking about. Well, then why didn't you say it? Uh, because I wanted to make you squirm a little bit more. I didn't squirm for nothing. All right. So, anyways, God, <laughs> then go ahead. No, so. you got it. You were good. No, no, keep keep going. God dang it. Why did I ever pick you to be on this podcast with me? Some days I wonder. Yeah, no kidding. But anyway, so what they did was they kind of spread off the uh, spread out the, the fins and they, I don't know if there's a certain number that the white bass has and a certain number that the, the yellow bass has and it was met somewhere in the middle. I, I don't even know. Uh-uh. But they did something like that and they found out that it was a hybrid. So yeah, that'll be kind of crazy to see uh, if more of those hybrids are out there because I'm assuming that there's not just one. Right. I mean, if there's there's one, there's got to definitely be more. So it almost makes you wonder sometimes if some of those like bigger yellows that people are catching are actually hybrids. and Right, that we just never knew that never that knew. was even a thing. Right. That's the first time I'd ever heard that they're – I mean, they do look very similar and stuff. But, uh, you know, it just kind of goes along with last week, you know, Calvin was – was right. talking about how the white bass used to be really populated in the Okaboji Channel Lakes, and then the yellow bass came in and kind of pushed them out. So now all of a sudden we're having these hybrids, which is kind of cool if we could get some, because they fight like heck, and you get into a school of them, and it's a good time. What are they going to call them? A yiper? <laughs> there you go. Them old yiper bass. <laughs> you better yeah, coin, coin that, that term. term right coin there. that term. Midwest angler, yiper bass. That's right. Everyone loves the yiper bass. <laughs> you out there catching yipers. Yipers. That almost sounds like my retirement fund, yipers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> huh. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Something interesting. And, you know, here again, they thought they set another state record over there at the Iowa Great Lakes. It just goes to prove what kind of fishery it really is. That's right. It's cranking them out. Yeah. Cranking them out. Uh, you know, a while back, we talked about a tackle shortage. Matt. There is a tackle shortage. It really seems like it because every time you go online to try to buy something, it just doesn't seem like anything's in stock. Right. Uh, you go to stores and you can definitely tell that the shelves are a little emptier than what they usually are. So 
I I have, I feel that there is. I talked to a bait shop owner, and they told me that there was no tackle shortage, and he said the tackle that they buy, they buy way back clean, you know, in December or January, yeah. and, and, you know, obviously it all comes in and whatever. He said that there shouldn't be any tackle shortage right now. But I'm telling you, you go up to Shields or wherever, and yeah, the the shelves seem pretty bare. You go online. I I tried going on Omnia Fishing the other day, which is uh, my online tackle retailer of choice. It's out of the uh, Minneapolis area and whatever, blah blah blah. And um, I went through and I was trying to buy some chatterbait, some pit bosses, some mag drafts. Oh yeah, yeah. I I pulled, the, I pulled the trigger. Did you get some mag drafts? Yeah, I was going to buy some too. Yep. So I uh, I I you know, kind of going through and man, just out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And so I ended up going to tackle warehouse and seeing if they had it and they had, uh, some, some of the stuff, but they were out of stock on a lot of stuff too. So I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on. Well, I mean, we know what's going on. I mean, the COVID is going on, but right. And I don't know. I can see where the bait shop owner, what he was talking about saying, you know, they do order way back when they put in their first order, but, you know, somebody has success with something. Recently on, like, Minnesota Bass Heads, the Meg drafts have been kind of a popular subject. A lot of people have been talking about them, and people have had luck on them. So then all of a sudden, next thing you know, people just go out and buy a bunch of them. Right. And did you see, you know, did you see, like, it's just like with the jackhammers, the chatterbait jackhammers. Yep. You know, after Hank Cherry won the Bassmaster Classic on it, you couldn't find those anywhere. And if you did, they were jacked up on prices. Oh, they're jacked up all right. Well, yeah, normally, but even then, it's... Holy moly. Did you see they came out with a new one? What? The Invisiblade. It's like a... It almost looks like a little plexiglass blade. Instead, really? Yeah. So you can still get the vibration, but there's no none of the flash or anything like that. You think that's good? Uh, Yeah, I think... Really? So. I, I mean, I can see where it's going to work. I don't think it's $15, $16 worth, but... No, no. You know, I mean, if I don't want... If I want a more subtle presentation and not the flash and stuff like that most people are just going to throw a swim jig then right so and if you want one of the things i i do a lot of the times is i like a black blade on my chatterbait when it comes down to something like that if i don't want the flash like that i'll just use a sharpie and color it if it's a if it's a gold blade or a silver blade you know and a lot of them have black blades on them right right i was going to ask you that are you a are you a bait customizer at all I'll do that. You know, I have some Sharpies in my boat. I have some chartreuse pins. Those ones like that Zoom makes that if I want to color the pinchers on a crawl or something like that, the tail on something, I'll put a little chartreuse on there. Or have orange. you ever dipped like dipped your tails in uh, like that? Uh, for, for a while there, I had some of that stuff, but <laughs> that stuff is so messy. And then you always oh, yeah. worry about it like tipping over the tipping boat. boat and it dies your everything. So I kind of avoid some of that. What about uh, changing out hooks? I don't. I don't change out hooks. I just use the ones unless it's like some cheap bait that you buy, but you really like the action. Then right. I might. Then I might throw on some different treble hooks or something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of times where I'll take the scissors and I'll do different things with the bait and trim off some appendages, things like that. Uh, tubes. I always like to. Whenever I start a new tube, a couple tricks that I've learned is you take all the you take the tail and you pinch it all the appendages are there together and about an eighth inch just pinch them all all off so or cut them off so that they're all kind of the same length and they spread out a little bit more because if you've ever noticed on a tube 
there's a lot of the tentacles and legs that stick together and yep. stuff. And that way it just separates them a little bit. Or even sometimes you pull a few off just to, you know, so it's not so bulky in there. There's a lot of different little things like that that people do. I have never, ever, ever customized a bait. Really? Never, never drawn with a Sharpie on one. I've never... Well, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, after you told me that you squeeze the tail off the tubes, I, I also did that here. But uh, otherwise, no, I'm just not a uh, not a bait customizer. I'm, I run what I brung. Right. Well, you know, and that's what most people do. It's just some days that's like you try to do something a little different that maybe will get you a few more bites and stuff right. like that. You can still get bit on it. Uh, one, one thing that I've been doing this year that it seems to be helping me uh with the tubes is i saw a guy a very popular youtube guy that fishes the great lakes and he's always fishing smallmouth is that he'll take his tube right out of the package and he'll take it and like rub it on his carpet to rough it up and get that shine off it because if you ever pull a tube out it's kind of got a shine on it he'll kind of do that so it's a little bit duller finish and stuff like that and he says it uh, same thing he says it'll get you a couple more bites I mean, it's not going to make you out fish just pulling the tube out, but it just gives it a little different look. And I've done that a few times in the open water season and have had a lot of success on tubes this year for smallmouth bass. So, huh? Well, that's, that's something I, I, you know, I just really kind of am curious, you know, you see a lot of these professional anglers that talk about switching out their hooks and, you know, uh, I just wonder, is that because they're sponsored by Mustad or owner or whatever, or or do you do you think that they truly believe that? A little of both, really. I mean, you're gonna do it if if you, if you have a sponsorship and they're just giving you hooks. I mean, you're obviously gonna do it and switch it out. But a lot of them switch out hooks because they'll put different sizes on there. Right. You know, sometimes those crankbaits come with kind of smaller hooks, so they want a little bit bigger one put a little bit bigger one on the front and a smaller one on the back. Sometimes, I mean, with jerk baits. The size of the hook can help it suspend a little differently. So there's a lot of like just that's what kind of separates some of those guys from just the you know the regular novice angler and separates the men from the boys. Is that what you're saying? I don't know about that. You calling me a boy? No, I'm not calling you a boy. But I'm just saying you know there's just a lot of little things like that uh, that can make a difference. You know it just goes back to like we talk about it in the ice season a lot. After you catch a few fish, you know always or before you drop back down and look to see how the line tie is on the jig. Yep. You know, that can make the difference of how, you know, instead of your jig kind of down there at a 45 degree angle, it might, you know, you want, if you might want it straight other days, you might want it straight up and down. So, yep. How do you feel about red hooks? Red hooks? Uh, you know, I'm not one of them per- people that I use a red hook if I have, if that's all I have. And I use red hooks for some, you know, like my brother Mike is, he swears by red hooks. So. I, I, I feel more confident with red hooks. Do you? I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I, uh, I bought some jig heads, the Shields brand, uh, a while back and they had some red hooks on them and I just, I feel like I've been knocking them dead with them, red hooks. Right. I, it doesn't, like to me, it's, if I, if that's the ch- option I have, that's what I'm going to use. If I don't, I don't, so... Well, I'm just telling you, you could be hooking up more. I like using a red hook like when I'm live rig baiting uh, walleyes if I have like chubs on. Just hook them right through the tip of the nose with that. So My catfish hooks? Red, red hooks. Yeah. We need to get out and do some catfish. We fishing. do need to get out and do some catfish. One of these evenings, we're going to stay up late and we're going to go down to the river and we're going to catch some chubs and we're going to throw out some big chubs and all I need is just one big old run. and Right. There's, no, there's 
just something about that that's just like gets I've you just going. I've totally gone away from this, and I think I've said it before on previous episodes. Like, you know, here twelve years ago, 10, 11, 10, 12 years ago, like I mean, I always was down catfishing. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't even bass fish; I was just catfishing, and uh, you know, I'd go with uh, I'd go with chicken liver all day long and catch channels, and then I would try for flatheads at night, and it would never work. And then all of a sudden, I catch flatheads when I'm going for smallmouth bass, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's how it, it. It always seems like that here on our river. The right. guys going for walleyes and guys going for smallmouth bass hook the the big uh, the big catfish, and the guys going for catfish end up hooking the big walleyes. I've never done either, so yeah. It well, you caught yeah. I yeah yeah I guess I have I, I caught a nice size flathead on uh, on regular paddle tail twister tail whatever I had on right. that day but yeah yeah that one guy he caught one that was like he caught that huge flathead that one time on like a little rapala like right like, like a little floating rap fifty pounder yeah so I mean they are predatory fish so they right. are going to come out but it seems like they're more of a nocturnal type bite fish and. Yeah, we definitely need to get after him. After we, after I seen uh, Scott Mockentoon's pictures of his daughter catching that one, and yep. And I had thought long and hard about putting the catfish in on this uh, fishing tournament, but the one person that catches one big flathead basically has it in the bag. Right. So I don't know. I just feel to keep it fair. I don't know. How do you feel? I don't know. We'll talk about it. Catfish. I mean. Like you said, catfish are kind of one of those things that people forget about, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, you start catching them, and you realize how much fun they really are. Oh, they're a riot. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll think about it. If anyone's listening and they want catfish in on this, message me. Yep. Message Matt. Say, hey, we, we, want, want, the, we want the cats. And then maybe we'll say, hey, okay, we'll give you the cats. So, yeah, then there's that. Yeah, that could be. We'll, have to, we'll definitely have to. Maybe we'll, like, have, like, one like category for like the biggest flathead or the something like biggest that. single catfish or or we'll just make a mark and say like the first person to catch a 30 inch catfish wins that's not a bad idea right yeah. there if you catch a 31 incher sorry <laughs> but you got to catch a dirty 30 yep <laughs> that's because that's, that's not, not bad, bad because because usually when you're catfishing you're down there in the mud and the muck and you are dirty so that's right that is right <laughs> Uh, National Walleye Tour came out with uh, some new added dates some, yeah, and added tournaments. Some tournaments. And I did see a little backlash. Well, I shouldn't say backlash, but there was a couple people kind of upset that the National Walleye Tour hadn't uh, come out with some dates and whatnot until now. But uh, we got up on Green Bay, July 23 and 24, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, August 13 through 14, September 10 and 11, up on Sakakawea yeah. and uh, Lake Erie, October 14 through 16. So yeah, kind of going to have a, so. a late summer uh, swing there. And, and, and kind of a fall. There should be some big fish caught at all those tournaments. Right. That's what I'm thinking. So, yeah, it is interesting to see that they kind of came out with their full schedule. And they just kind of, I don't know, it seems kind of last minute. So some of them guys that maybe have already made plans. Because they right. had two tournaments, I think, originally that they were going to just have. Yep. And then kind of late in the game, they came in and decided to add a couple. And I don't know. It, it, they are big fish destinations. I mean, well, they're good definitely fisheries. They are. And, and, and not bad times, really, you know, with given right. the circumstances. So. I guess it probably, you know, the guys that do it for, like, that's do it for a living, probably it's like, okay, whatever. You know, that's I can make that work. But guys that are kind of 
juggling other things it might you know if they could have came out a little earlier with it right i mean it is still the first one's still a month away so right i mean yeah it'll be it'll be interesting it will be uh there was a Bassmaster Open this past weekend, yep, and uh, our previous guest, Greg Vance, yeah, uh, had, a, had a pretty decent showing. Um, after day, day one. one, he had only four fish, had his fifth fish, and I guess it came off right yeah, at the boat. sounded like a good one, too. Right, and uh, you thought it was possibly five pounds, which would have put him easily in the top, top ten. ten. Yeah. And, uh, Everybody, there's a lot of guys that struggled to catch fish. There were some guys that got locked out. From right way in chancy you know, stuff like that uh, uh chancy walters from down in des moines who yeah. we need to get as a guest at some point in time definitely uh yeah he he got locked out but i tell you what there are some absolute freaking hammers on that tour right well i mean greg hackney was leading after day one so Only it caught makes one fish today oh really so that makes you wonder you know it makes you wonder like how many of these guys are maybe trying to qualify right right there was a lot uh, Jacob Poroznik or yeah, J Pow. Yep. He Poroznik, was uh, Greg Hackney. Yeah. Greg Hackney had 18 pounds the first day. The second day he only had one fish for two pounds or something like that. Um, yep. obviously Latimer, Scott Martin, uh, those guys are fishing it, but there was, uh, Stephen Browning. Yep. He's uh, in the top 10 after day two. Yep. There was a lot and a lot of people that were, um, a lot of big heavy hitters that, uh, you know, MLF guys and, and Bass Elite Series guys and uh, old FLW guys trying to qualify for the Elite Series. Like, you do not want to be screwing around right now in the no, Opens. It's, I mean, you're, you're definitely earning it. Right. I mean, you're earning your way to try to get onto that big tour. I think after the second day, I think Greg Vance had another four fish day, was sitting in 26 after day two. The funny thing is, like, I follow Keith Pochet. I kind of enjoy watching him fish and stuff like that. He, uh, day one, he didn't weigh any fish because he got locked out. Oh, really? He got stuck in the lock, couldn't get the weigh in, had about 12 pounds. Yeah, day two, he came in with a, almost a 20-pound bag, which is, which is like, one of the biggest bags of the whole tournament. It's got to be the biggest. It has to be after, I mean, after the first two days, they were pretty low weights, so. Wow. So, you know, that's, it put him up there in, like, 27. I mean, he could still get up there, so. That's crazy. Yeah, you go to those places like that. You know, some people enjoy those tournaments. I, I'm still one of those guys that I like to see a bunch of big fish caught. Yeah. You I, know, it is it is all right. It is those aspects. We've talked about that before. You know, it is, it is fun to see, you know, guys that like that, that you could not have any weight the first day and you come back and just have them awesome day and you could put yourself right back into the tournament right and and it shows how mentally tough some of these guys are you know i mean they're you know if you're fishing for five fish and you know you catch two in the morning you catch one around noon are you going to go scrambling or are you going to stick it out and and right. you know believe that you can catch two fish you know at, in the second part of the day or you know do you go and try to catch a bunch of dinks and then try to call up from there what what do you do but I don't know. I don't know what the right way to do it is because it's just like those spawn tournaments when they're the fish are betting and just you know how long do you spend on one fish? Right. Right. You know, if it's the right fish, I mean there's guys that sit there and fish that one fish for two, three hours trying to catch it and never I'd do fish it all day and, for it. And it's just like whew. 
after so long you're in a battle against yourself and not against <laughs> right. anyone else it's not about the tournament anymore yep. it's just you and that fish yep you might miss weighing just to have to catch that yep. fish yep where were you scott no, i'm working on a fish yeah no nope. so uh yeah i don't know i guess that is uh yeah, unless you got of, something else good mm-hmm. news story of the week Good news story of the week. I'm going to spring that on you. You you weren't expecting that, were you? I, I always spring it on you. So now I'm going to say the other day I was down at the river fishing and my dad and my nephew oh, God, Coy showed awesome. up. And uh, my nephew Coy had went out earlier that day. They First they had to set a trap for a skunk that for somebody that had a skunk problem. So they had to go and set, set a trap for that. And then they went out and Coy caught some chubs on his own and then they came down here in the river and it was kind of funny i was down there fishing and i thought i heard something and i turned around behind me and there they were standing there they had a little picnic on the shore while they watched me catch a few fish and then they decided to put a couple chubs underneath of the bobber and quite caught a nice northern so that was awesome that was a very yeah. cool video that you had yeah he was he was pumped and your dad was pumped and yeah. that's what it's all about right there yeah for sure it's it's always funny you know my dad he enjoys using long fishing poles and here it is my four-year-old nephew got like an eight and a half foot fish in the pool, <laughs> just yank trying to get this fish and it was it was pretty fun to watch so yep that'd probably be mine that was pretty cool absolutely uh mine is gonna be uh my uh my son and stepdaughter aubrey uh did we went on boated.com and uh they passed the uh boater certification course awesome uh, i don't know if they're just allowed to drive jet skis or if they can full-on drive a boat now really I don't know how that works. I think maybe they have to still have an adult, but they can drive, like, have an adult in the boat with them I'm not and sure. still drive I, or I something. I mean, at, at their age, at 12 years old, now they can officially drive a jet ski by themselves. Okay. But I don't know if they can actually drive a regular old boat by themselves or not. But uh, I'm telling you what, right now, I, I did it with them because for a 12-year-old, this was pretty crazy. The Iowa DNR offers three options and... Uh, three three sort of or you know courses that they approve one of them is free one of them's like 20 bucks and the other one's like 25 dollars. so here i'm thinking like ah i bet you the pay ones are nice and short and <laughs> and the free one as long as all get out and so yeah we're gonna pay for this and you know whatever because i remember when i took it me and my buddy ace took them at the same time and uh i think we spent a total of 10 minutes at it right we got like five, six hours oh, into yeah. this. And I mean, we went through pretty stinking fast. Yeah. As fast as basically we could. Because you probably, they make you probably watch the modules. You can't like skip through them and stuff right. like that. And then at the end, you got to answer questions. And if you don't get a question right, you got to go back and watch the module again. And then they give you the questions and yep. then you got to answer was them six, again. Six sections with like each section then had like 15 topics and each topic had like 12 pages or four pages or whatever. And it was like 12, 15 seconds that you had to spend on each page before it would even let you go any further. So yeah, I think we have four or five hours wrapped up into it. Uh, 60 question quiz at the end and, and in between on each, uh, one of the top or, uh, each one of the sections, you had a 10, 15 question quiz at the end of that. And, uh, I mean, we were learning about what the buoys were like down in the Mississippi River Delta in Louisiana, and wow. we were learning about ocean stuff and but sailboats. You, but, and you know, that's something that, like, all of us could use. I I mean, I kind of wish after I had done it with them that I just went ahead and got the certification as well because, right. I mean, whatever, I was doing it. 
And, uh, I mean, it was, it was interesting, but I, I gotta tell you, like for two 12 year olds, I, I kind of thought that about 20 seconds in, they were going to be somewhere else and not interested in this anymore, but they stuck it out. They want to ride them jet skis. I'm not sure about two 12 year olds riding jet skis, but I guess I'm not sure about 16 year olds driving neither. So I can tell you what I'm more worried about is I'm more worried for them girls over there on Lake Okoboji when big tasties driving around <laughs> on that jet ski. No one is safe. Hide your daughters, hide yeah. your wives, because Big Tasty's out on the jet ski. I don't. Does he know how to whistle? Because oh, watch out if he knows how to whistle. I don't know. Grady, you know how to whistle? Let's hear it. No. Oh, oh I, yeah. I think people might have been able to hear that. Yeah, those ladies better watch out over there on, yep. Okobo, on Lake Okoboji. Grady's down here in the uh, official... Midwest Angler Podcast Studio, a.k.a. My Basement, <laughs> a.k.a. The TV Room, a.k.a. Where Grady Plays Fortnite. So <laughs> that's what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, with that, I don't really have anything else. I know that we did not have a guest this week. Uh, we're going to come firing back the next few weeks with some guests. We've got them on the line. It just didn't work out uh, this week. And uh, with Father's Day and everything, uh, yeah, we just had Everybody to. Everybody uh, was busy with Father's yeah, Day. Yeah, we had to get an in, or we had to get an episode in. So, uh, yeah, obviously this was not our greatest episode of all time, but uh, we made do. And uh, with I think them, it'd be in the top seventy-eight of all of our episodes. It is. It is yeah. top seventy-eight yep. for sure. Yeah, it might be towards the bottom, but at least it's in the top <laughs> seventy-eight. So, uh, yeah. Well, if uh, if you guys are listening, uh, whatever platform you're on, hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you're on iTunes, give us a review. Uh, I don't care if it's a one star or five star or 27 star or whatever, leave us a review. It, it helps out on the search engine when somebody types in, uh, fishing, walleye fishing, bass fishing, whatever, uh, the most relevant ones with the best reviews, uh, trickle their way to the top. So the more reviews that we can get, the, the more, uh, more relevant, I guess, we become. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, we have a little bit more clout when we email these guys trying to get a trying right. to get an interview set up so uh and if there's any topics that you guys want us to cover topics let us know. people anything let us know shoot us a message we like hearing from you guys anybody got a cool story yeah anything if you got like a cool that. story you don't have to be a professional fisherman we'll take anybody yep we'll give you a shout out on the air you bet so uh yeah with that that is episode 78 we will see you next week on episode 79 later <laughs>